and welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're sitting here in the studios of KALW Information Radio in San Francisco. But we're continuing conversations that get started at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus. The Stanford campus, home of privileged professors and privileged students and privileged administrators, all busily eating and drinking and uh, more than their share of the world's resources and using up more than their share of the world's oil. So that's a, Is that a problem? Yeah, that's, well, I don't know about Stanford locally being a world's problem, but, uh, you know, it is a problem that uh, collectively we're consuming an awful lot. And our consumption has bad effects on the environment. I mean, the ozone layer is being depleted. I mean, the, the rainforests are being, are, are, are diminishing. And, it looks like it just can't go on. If it keeps going on this way, future generations are going to have heck to pay. Well, you know, one thing about global warming is that it, it, it rivets everybody's attention, and it's somewhat controversial, but there's so much going on that doesn't seem very controversial, like the ozone layer, people in Australia having to wear shirts when they go outside, and so forth. Things have changed because of what the first world has done to the environment. Well, the first world's done a lot of it, but and uh, we got to, if we want to have a sustainable way of life, a global way of life that's sustainable, Something's got to give, and you're suggesting, I think, that, well, something has to give in the first world, so we should give up our uh, well, I our high standard of living so that, what, the third world can catch up? I don't know. I, I see kind of a real dilemma there, Ken. Uh, I, I think the third world, if it goes through the, the same form of development that the first world did, denude the forest, kill the animals, it'll be awful. Uh, but on the other hand, it doesn't seem very fair to say that, oh, you know, all of a sudden, all corporations have to pay their share of the environmental damage they do, and, and economic growth will be saddled with all these things. That doesn't seem very fair. So I, I've got a so problem right. there. We're going to make them live by standards that we never lived by to get here. Of course, I guess we would live by those same standards going forward or something. So, I mean, we would, you know, we would pay some of the freight. But well, they'd probably never catch up, is what you're suggesting. Well, they well might, do uh, they deserve to catch up? I well, mean, they, yeah, I, I mean, know. we're running the race. Why do they deserve to catch up? Are we supposed to slow down and let them catch up? You don't think all those people in China deserve thirty or forty years in which they kind of guiltless uh, drive polluted vehicles all over the place? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be that they deserve it. Maybe they're demanding it, and maybe given their their demand, and you know, they're, and China's not like a little weak. Uh, a powerless country. China is a big, a big, powerful force in the world, and it's going to get even more powerful. So suppose we say to China, "No, now you can't, you can't do it the way we did. You can't have years of of running kind of cheaply built, inexpensively engineered vehicles that pollute a lot. You have to immediately step into these computer based things that we drive now that an ordinary person like myself can't hope to repair." Is that? Is that what we have to say? Is that fair? Well, I know. And I wonder what the Chinese have to say about that. You know, our roving philosophical reporter, Amy Standen, uh, we, went, we asked her to, think, to investigate the problem of China, the world's most populous nation. She files this report. China is the world's fastest-growing auto market. Car sales for 2003 were 80% higher than they were in 2002. That's great if you're Chinese and late for work, but from an environmental standpoint, it spells trouble. I, I mean, I think China is facing an environmental crisis on many fronts. Jennifer Turner is the coordinator of the China Environment Forum for the Woodrow Wilson Center in Washington, D.C. She's watched Chinese oil consumption grow dramatically over the last two decades. For auto oil consumption, they consume approximately 1.6 million barrels a day. Now, that's not much compared to a lot of developing countries, but if they follow a scenario of going the SUV route, not improving their fuel economy, driving the way we drive many, many miles a day, 
they're going to get up to, in 2020, up to 24.8 million barrels of oil a day. And that's just for cars. That's an enormous amount of oil. We Americans drive more than anyone else in the world. Our cars burn 9 million barrels of oil a day, less than half of what China may soon need. And cars are only part of China's economic explosion. With prosperity comes bigger homes, air conditioning, disposable cameras, plasma TVs. I mean, you have to keep in mind that there was a lot of pent-up consumerism in China. Now, as China's opened up, I mean, it's just amazing how much these people love to shop. You can see the impacts of China's development by looking in your own closets, looking in your own kitchen drawers, how many things say made in China on it. I mean, their economy is booming because we're also buying the stuff that they're producing. Our companies are going over there, creating joint ventures. The Chinese are building up their own companies. I mean, economically, it's, it's an explosion. The question isn't only whether the Earth can support 1.3 billion American-style consumers in China, but whether the United States will let that happen. Recently, a watchdog committee in Washington released a report saying that Chinese efforts to increase oil supply were dangerous to U.S. interests. And I was really struck by that because in all reality, the Chinese international energy policy and their international energy investments looks a lot like what the United States does trying to get enough oil resources both within our own country and the Middle East. And I just thought it was just very ironic that we're criticizing the Chinese for pursuing a pretty much similar international energy strategy that we are. Americans can and do encourage China and the rest of the developing world to consume sustainably, to act more environmentally than we do. But at a certain point, something's got to give. Mother Earth can't support the way we're living our lives right now. And we are raised to be massive consumers, and this has to stop. There are simply not enough resources to go around, so who makes the sacrifice, them or us? This is Amy Standen for Philosophy Talk. You can listen to the rest of this program by purchasing it at iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.